I must say, that was one of the most satisfying pours that we have ever done. I know, that was just, it had even even had is, the drop off. Has that even been in the fridge or is that no, bench temp? That's bench temp, yep. Yep. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Controllers and Cutters. Yes, welcome Yay. back to... Yay. We're just sitting ourselves up here. I'm ready to go. Sir's just loading up his Google Docs. Things. And um, I'm trying to find a copy of a textbook that I only need for literally eight hours worth hmm. of content. And I think I found a full PDF version Sweet. of another university. Oh, very nice. So I'm waiting for it to actually load up. And judging by the fact that it's been here for 10 minutes loading, suggests to me that it's either a lot of spam or it is the full textbook. Yep, yep. Which is pretty cool. So if it's a full textbook, we have no problems. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, what's new in your life, sir? Um, I watered a plant. Uh, finished two chapters of a book. Um, that would still be Artemis, wouldn't it? Yep. Um, let's see, what else did I do? I went outside. <laughs> um, you brought in the washing today. I hung it up this morning. Yep. Before I went off to the uni. Yes. So I went out into the, the sunlight of the planetary orbital sun flare thing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get any sunburn, so that was good. Yeah. Um, what else did I do? Uh, I made chocolate mousse yesterday, so I think it's one of the better mousses. I didn't put any amblers in this time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that went well. Yeah. Uh, and you've been off sick for a while, Mr. Yeah, thanks to a spider. Mm-hmm. So that was shit. Um, yeah, it's amazing what happens when an ankle bites your foot. Mm, all those cytokines. Ankle bite. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, that was fun and games. Um, and by no means, I'm not Spider-Man. So, um, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I didn't get any superpowers. Um, so Were you sad and devastated about shattered. fact? Shattered. And you know what they say about shattered people who live in, you know, stone shouldn't throw glass houses. <laughs> You're terrible, Muriel. Yes. I've just been studying, trying to juggle lecture notes. And keeping up with readings and making sure I'm doing all the practice exam questions as we go. I'm a bit behind where I'd like to be. I'm not behind at all, but by my schedule, I'm behind. But I finish early tomorrow and I'm going to be productive tomorrow and get where I need to be. But you've already told us about your bookish things. I finished the Fifth Wave series over the weekend. Excellent. I finished the last book in that series, um, The Last Star. It wasn't excellent. I gave it two out of five. Quite disappointed. If you want to just have high, keep it in high regards. Just read the first book. Let the rest go. And I'm not someone that is happy leaving uncompleted series. But it just ruined the series for me. It was a steady, steady, not even a steady decline. It was just a drop. But apart from that, I also read The Remains in the Pond. I was actually sent that. Um, in exchange for a honest review, my honest review is three out of five stars. Um, it was like her writing was fantastic, and I was really immersed in it. But um, for a murder mystery, 
there wasn't much mystery and it just again one of the it, the best the way i described it is like you know when you're writing an essay for school or for uni right yeah. or you're, you were writing your thesis you've written thesis theses before yep, yeah. and you know how they tell you never add other information into your conclusion right mm-hmm. she did that oh, that's gosh. what it felt like that was the definition of that but it was really, really good. I'm actually going to have to look into her other works and stuff. But, yeah, that's it for me. I'm starting... By starting, I mean, I think I'm up to chapter 9 or 10 of Divergent at the moment. But, yeah, that's it. Sweet. Because um, what I have been doing is... Um, I've also been listening to Ready Player One. Yeah. Um, I've been... I've, I've had some issues with some apps on my phone where they don't exactly play the playlist as per the listing they like to sort of shuffle i'm just gonna move around the table because i realized instead of unplugging my printer i have to my charger oh yeah that's not good like an idiot yeah so i um was messing around with the apps and everything so i figured instead of going through all these little um crappy apps with ads and everything i just went for good old you know works yeah so i went for my um personal favorite which is vlc um so I've got it on my laptop. I've pretty much got it on everything. Well, I think we pretty much have it on everything. Except for the iPad, yeah. I think, and my iPhone. Yeah. But yeah, I love VLC. VLC is a dream. So um, yeah, I went to VLC and yeah, pretty much works perfectly. Um, the only thing is the app that runs with the timer doesn't want to actually access VLC. So I have to go through Google Play. And find it. Ooh. Oh, well. So, um, what can you do? Also, too, I um stumbled upon beatboxing. Well, I you didn't, not, it's like your first discovery, yeah, not the of, first discovery of beatboxing, yeah. but um, I thought I'd just investigate it a bit more because it's been a while since I've um Listen been listening to it. to it. So, I um started listening through some of the showcases from last year, and I just got to say, some of these beatboxes are insane just what they can do and um if anyone's interesting uh check out a guy called nepom um he's from the us of a um his actual name is neil patrick meadows uh country yeah and he's with the usa crew um or the brooklyn based collective and he's one of the top beatboxers on the planet um so yeah that was quite interesting listening to um, because he has a thing, I think he's most well known for a thing known as a lip roll. So I, I can't do it because I'm, I'm nowhere near like anywhere like that. But, um, it was just interesting to see. So, um, yeah. So if you get, if you're interested in, um, listening to beatboxing, um, look up, uh, Napom, N-A-P-O-M, um, or thehumanbeatbox.com, um, or otherwise, just uh, look up, you know, World uh, Beatbox Championships 2017, because that's where I stumbled upon. But it's, it's you know, I, I'm sure there's people out there, or there are people out there who wouldn't be interested in this at all. But I, I you know, I got a bit of a kick of listening yeah, to it. I was, thing, I was testing the it. speakers, and <laughs> uh, then it got me onto uh, TEDx, you know, in Sydney, um, how they do all the up and coming shows and all that sort of stuff and tech and there's a guy who goes by the moniker tom thumb and he's a beatboxer uh, from australia and by far 
it is probably some of the the coolest beatboxing um, I've seen and heard. So he he definitely go well in a competition and everything. But yeah, he's he's really cool. So yeah, check if you if you want to check them both out, check out Napom and also Tom Thumb on uh, TEDx. So yeah, but you know that's what I've been sort of messing around with today. Awesome. So, yeah. Mm. So, hmm. so, um, and on that front, um, we've also got another quiz, quiz. for you today. Yep. This one is a bit more me based. I apologize for being um, rude and um, making it about myself, but this is what kind of procrastinator are you? Mm. Obviously, heading into uni for me, this could be useful information. As always, the link to this will be in the episode notes, so you can take this with us. Well, Yay. weren't we actually going to do this in the first one? But then, you know, yeah, we, we, we procrastinated just... the procrastination. Yeah. Exactly, so it's a double procrastination. So, to get things started, get um, started. on this party of controllers and couches, um, I, Full Metal Chicken, will go for first. Do you consider yourself a procrastinator? Um, it's either no, I'd rather say no. I depends on what I'm doing, avoiding. I guess that means it depends on what I'm avoiding. And yes, I'm going to go with it depends on what I'm avoiding. Yeah, I think I'm probably the same there. Because, you know, if I, you know, suddenly have to mow the lawn, <laughs> I can do things like sleep. Um, sleep. Yeah. Sleepers. So, for the next one, do you like to make to-do lists? Yes. I'm, I make them but never stick to the plan. I only make them when I fear to forget something. No, I don't see the point. Um, I'm a bit of a split between I only make them when I forget to, fear to forget something. Yes. And I make them but never stick to the plan. See, the, don't always... Yeah. I think there's times when I have to make a to-do list... Because more as a checklist, like with research and everything. Yeah. So you need to do it because if you don't... You're stuffed. You're so stuffed. it's a yes for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in that case, yeah, I kind of have to. Um, yeah. Uh, do you forget to do things? What was I supposed to do again? <laughs> Breathe. Yeah. No, I keep things written down very rarely. It happens sometimes, I often do. Um, I'm a bit more of a it happens sometimes, I often do kind of gal, but I'm going to go with it happens sometimes. Um, see, I'm a toss-up between it happens sometimes and I often do. Yeah. So, um, I think I'll go for it happens sometimes too. You go, girlfriend. Yeah. And then for the next one, when you have something important to do, how long do you usually wait to do it? I try to do it as soon as possible. It depends how pleasant it is. I wait until last minute. I procrastinate until it's almost too late. Um, I tend to usually try and do it as soon as possible. See, this is... If I, if I have the ability to do it as soon as possible, I do it. Otherwise, I procrastinate. But I'm going to go with I try to do it as soon as possible. But... I have a bad habit of occasionally doing it at the last minute. See, I'm both. Mm. So, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just going to throw it into... I'll wait until the last minute for this you one. Go. You just go. Just to see do, something different. But uh, it's in two minds. Like, if it was Lego or something, you just... Yeah, you know, whatever. But if I'm doing cancer research, you know, you kind of go... Has uh, to be done. Has to be done. Okay. 
has someone ever told you to stop doing things last minute? Uh, yeah. It's either no, nobody probably bothers people, maybe once or twice, yes. It's a definite no from me. Uh, definite yes for me. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, uh, yeah. How do you deal with stressful situations? I work well in stressful situations. I avoid them as much as possible. I try to stay calm and deal with it. I feel insecure. Uh, I tend to work well in stressful situations. Same, same. Same. Yeah. Doesn't really bother me that much. Um, You have some papers to submit. You don't sleep the night before to finish and start it. Submit it by the deadline, even if I know I could have done a better job. Submit it when I put enough effort in or won't submit it until I'm fully satisfied with my work. I definitely won't submit till I'm fully satisfied. Unfortunately, I have to submit it by the deadline even if I know I could have done a better job because we have a, I literally yeah. have a zero room for error. Um, but that's not saying that I leave. Like, I don't. Yeah. I you... submit things a week early because I get them done in that parameter. Unless it's the night or two before where I'm sort of like, hey, I just want one more person to yep. rehash a last draft. So that's why I'm going to go with until I'm fully satisfied. Yep. Um, for the next one, you had something due today. You think... I'm glad I started it early. Yeah. I know I could have started before, but what's done is done. Why do I feel so unsatisfied with my work? I should have started before, as always. Um, I'm thinking... I'm going to go with, I'm glad I started it early. Because I like to laugh at the suckers who are struggling. Yeah, see, because although you do start it early, I find that when I start things early, I, as much as I do, it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. But I have, like, in answer to this question, I'm probably... Um... I'd probably say, well, you reckon, why do I feel so unsatisfied with my work? Because I'm constantly You're trying... a perfectionist, yeah, yeah. And you're always trying to perfect your craft. Yeah. So, um, yeah. do you feel guilty for procrastinating? Always. Yeah, always. <laughs> um, yeah, the options were no, sometimes, yes, but I wish I didn't, or always. Yep. And then it's got, and finally, are you procrastinating? Uh, procrastinating. I am procrastinating! <laughs> Yes, right I'm procrastinating. Now? No, I have some free time. No, dot, dot, dot. I, I guess. guess. Question mark. I wish I wasn't or totally. I mean, uh, no, I have some free time because we have to do this. Yeah, I'm like, no, I have some free time. Otherwise, it would have been totes, maze balls. All right, what'd you get, bruv? I got, I'm the perfectionist procrastinator. I am the exact same. How could we have done that when we Man. selected like four different things? So if you long. can't do the work perfectly, you just won't do it and wait until the last minute to complete the task. Bugger. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Great. There we go. Awesome. All right. Are we ready to get into the nitty gritty? Yeah, this is rocky. the reason why we came bow, here. Bow. All right. So remember last week, I'm pretty sure it was either last week, but if anyone feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, it might've been two weeks ago. It was either episode eight or episode seven. But remember when I was like, yo, we're heading into Call of Duty season. Yeah. And then the teaser trailer dropped for um, the next Call of Duty installment. This is Treyarch's round in the three round bipartisan system. And um, 
we're doing stuff new at Treyarch, aren't we? Cop, yes, cop. we are. Yeah. And we have Black Ops 4, except instead of being Roman numerals 4, it's four number ones. Because I wanted to keep the shield. Because we're going to drain every drop that this lemon can provide for us. Yeah, and it's got pretty sour at this point. <sighs> so, the worldwide reveal is 17th of May, and the launch is on the 12th of October. This works for me in that it's not in the middle of the exam season, I don't believe. I'll have to double-check my um, notes on that, but I'm pretty sure. But this is the earliest release that has been in a while, which I actually predicted. And apparently it's also because it's either Red Dead 2 or Red Redemption 2 that's coming out in quarter three, at yeah. quarter four, that everyone was like, oh my god, and they didn't want to compete with them. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so early. But I last time I checked on EB Games, and this was last night, not this morning, um, the game itself is retailing for $99.95, and there wasn't any word on any special editions or combo deals or anything like that. So, yeah, that was just some news that dropped in between our episodes. Yeah, so that's going to be uh, interesting to see how it comes out. I mean... I know I always say I ain't going to buy it. You are. But it's Treyarch. I love... That's actually incorrect. Because my first Call of Duty that I ever played was Modern Warfare 2. And I started that, I want to say, August, September of 2010. But then my first, like, full Call of Duty that I had and I played religiously was Blops 2. Yep. So I love Treyarch. They got me into... Actually, they didn't get me into Call of Duty, but they're the first... That was their last best-selling game as well, Blops 2. So I can understand how they're trying to keep with the system that they got running. But I just... I don't know. I haven't even played the campaign of Blops 3. And I said I was going to get around to it because I wanted to see if it was a completely new story or continue on from um, parts 1 and 2. So we shall see. See, it's like the whole... Remastering of Modern Warfare 2. They're remastering what yeah. the word on the street is they're remastering Modern Warfare 2, and 17 year old me is freaking out about that. So, if that's the case, and also, that's an, fantastic. Another interesting fact is um, apparently Battlefield 4 was the first uh, COD game. Sorry. Battlefield 4. Sorry, was Battlefield the first 4. COD Sorry. Game. I, was, I was like, hang on, are you friend. serious? Battlefield 4. I was playing Battlefield 4 today. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, Black Ops 4 is also expected to be the first um, COD game to be released on a Nintendo Switch. Mm. So um, I don't have a Switch. I haven't had a Nintendo since Wii, and my parents insisted on buying it because my brother insisted on getting it. And I, I don't know. But anyway, keeping with our gaming news, this is something for the uh, Tomb Raider fans. Apparently, allegedly, um, the remasters of Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3 have been announced. And they're going to be running on 1080p for 60 frames per second. Realtech VR is going to be responsible for these remasters. And they've announced that if you already own the games, that being Tomb Raider 1, 2, or 3 on Steam, you're going to get these remastered copies for free. Ooh, so you know what you do? You buy them now. Get in. Buy them now and you'll get them too. I don't have dates or anything like that. I'm hoping that it will happen after the spring. It would have to happen after the spring sale because isn't the spring, um, what do you call it, sale on Steam happening in the next couple of weeks? 
I need to check this out. But apparently there will be open VR and controller capabilities because obviously these are hardwired for PC and they are going to bring along some new 3D graphics for us. So, yeah. But the funny thing is, just looking back at the original Tomb Raiders, which I played... You've played all of them, haven't you? And essentially to get a lot of... I mean, a lot of people running through um, DOS emulators... Yeah, but um, emulator copies, because I read about that, but emulator cop because emulators have boosted the graphics on there. Absolutely. But it's not, allegedly, it's not going to be as good as what Realtek have no. done. Um, and they're trying to do it for the fans, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, definite so, fan service on that one. But way. obviously they're lining it up with the release of the new movie. So imagine if it was like, buy all three games and then get a copy of the DVD for free. That would be cool. Like, not that they would do just that. Just sweet That's just deal. me... You know. Otherwise, what you do is you buy all game, all the games, and then you get a free ticket to go see the movies. I played. Oh, which one was it? The one that came out in two thousand and thirteen. The one, you know, not the one that we bought in two thousand and fifteen, but the one before that. I'm pretty sure it was two thousand and thirteen. I have to go back through my gameplays to have a look for it. I want to say it's Rise of the Tomb Raider. I think it is because yeah. it's the Sun Queen one. Yes. Um, that's the one that this movie is going to be based upon, but. I pref- I had like I bought it through Steam and I played it on my PC, but I just prefer. I know that everyone's gonna be like, but gaming started on PCs. But I'm an Xbox gaming person. I grew up as a PlayStation person, but I'm an Xbox person now. I'm an adult now. I prefer system, like gaming system, as yeah. opposed to PC, because I know people are gonna be like, use the controls, Stephanie. Trust me, I've done that. It's not the same, and I like Gamer Score. So Gamer Score is cool. I'm just a I'm a I'm a keyboard warrior. But you're from the you are from that you saw the start of the gaming generation. Yeah. So for you, it's PC Master Race all the way, and I appreciate that. But for me, it ain't. For me, it was the PlayStation One was life. It's only because of a game called um, Dark Forces. And also X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter. You've, you've spoken to me. Yeah. What's a TIE Fighter? What's Rob? a TIE Fighter? So, essentially, that game was the first game where you had to actually um, balance your stats um, in the sense that with the TIE Fighters and everything and the X-Wings, you, you pretty much have to balance your weapons with your shields yeah. and everything and as well as your engines. Yeah. So, it's really cool because if you want to have all the power, sure, you can use up all your energy... Well, there goes your shields and and your weapons. So that was pretty cool. Um, But seeing how the games have actually evolved over time, Tomb Raider has become, like since we're talking about Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider, the whole franchise, is building into a completely different animal than what it was before because you can get so in-depth with the actual graphics. Before it was just boxes with shading um, if anyone's played GoldenEye, you know, they they know all about the boxes and shading. But um, it gives an insight into what is possible. Because I guarantee you, in 10 years from now, some of these games are going to be... Well, they'll, they'll all be VR. So it'll be totally immersive. And, I mean, I'm assuming now that this movie's coming out, they're going to bring out another Tomb Raider game, probably. Well, this one is... This movie's supposed to be... Based on that, yeah, which is supposed to be you know a reboot of the Lara Croft Origins. So we were sitting there playing that game. We're like, 
Okay, yeah, well, you know, interesting. Then you've got the movies that are currently out and you kind of go... I, we were in the cinema and this wasn't last week. This was the week before. What did we go and see again? Um, um, was it a horror? Yeah, it was Winchester. Winchester, that's it. Sorry, sir, you should have said. Um, and they were playing the trailer and I was yeah. like, what is this? What did I call it? Abomination. Yeah, what is abomination? <laughs> what is this abomination? Um, I don't, you know what also gets me? Her, alright, I understand the needing for the grunts and the audio files like that, but I swear if you close your eyes, you are listening to porn. Yeah. She's like, ah. And I'm like, dude, you're jumping off the plane to get across the waterfall or whatever the fudge it is. And she's like, ah. And I'm like, can you make her like less. I understand that everyone's going to be like, oh my God, she's supposed to be sexualized. But I'm telling you, if I have to zoom, if they, if the camera zooms in on her ass when she's climbing through that cavern tunnel, I can't. Well, they're going to have, they're going to put the fan service in there for the little 15 year old kids. 15 year old kids or 45 year old men. But anyway. Both of them are going to be wanting to raid tombs. Talking about wanting to raid tombs, I just wanted to quickly update everyone on 45th versus gaming. PC Gamer didn't update their article. I just literally checked five seconds ago and I quickly just chucked it in to um, Google. And apparently this meeting happened three days ago. And the title of GameSpot's article is President Trump's video games meeting included a violent game montage and that The the Verge has also said that it was unproductive and completely bizarre. And yeah, he pretty much brought together these gaming industry top executives, parents, groups, members of Congress, and um, it was labelled hastily assembled and that it was a distraction from more concrete gun control measures. Um, So, you know what, they are just... And the quote was, the president encouraged game developers to explore things that they can do on their own to make things healthier in society. Hmm. Well, there you go. The Rockstar Games CEO was there. The ZeniMax CEO was there. Um, or at least they were invited, and so was the Entertainment Software Association President Mike Gallagher, who apparently last week, from memory, the ESA said that they hadn't been approached. So it's interesting that they managed to get the president to go in last minute, but apparently Congress was really uninterested they didn't in the care. issue. They, they're like, you know, at the end of the day, games, whoop de doo we've got bigger issues. I'm pretty sure if you're telling people to bring more guns in schools, that's a bigger problem than um, the violence. Because tell me what video game people have been playing since 0000. Pac-Man. Mario. Pong. But that was before all the wars. Yeah. You know, before... When civilization started and it was just rocks, fire and sticks... What video games and emulators were they playing? Oh, that's right. It was none. Just, this brings me back to the part where there are legal ratings on a video game for a reason. Yeah. And if you don't 
if people don't have the mental, I don't want to say capacity, but if people don't have the mental ability to distinguish what is real, what is not, um, what is appropriate, what is not, whether it be in real life, in society, in, or in a video game, you have a bigger problem Absolutely. on your hands than, yeah. But then again, you see people who go, look, you're reading a violent book. You shouldn't be reading that. That's bad for you. This brings me back to when I bought Altered Carbon from QBD a month or so ago. And I bought it because we've, we're halfway through the season, yes. I want to say. And then we took, we've taken a hiatus. But the show was interesting. Yeah. And I, I'm one of those people where I always assume that the book or the written media is better than the TV show or the adaptation. And I'm not sure if the book came out before the show or if the book is based on the events of the show, if that makes sense, because it's a tie-in from the series. But at the end of the day, I was just like, hey, we both enjoy this series. I'm going to get us the book. I'm going to read it. You're going to read it. And we'll just see how it varies, what it's like. So I take it in and she goes, oh, my God, you're not actually going to purchase that, are you? And I've gone, well, yeah, you know, that's why it's on shelf, on the shelves so a customer can purchase it. And I want to buy it. I like the show. And then she's gone, oh, but, you know, the cover's creepy and disgusting. And why would you want to read that? And it's like, well, first off... You sell porn in here. Yeah. Like, you literally sell erotica. And I've seen... When we picked up 50... No, when we picked up Darker, you happened to be there when I was buying the fifth Fifty Shades book, there was a 14-year-old girl buying the whole series. And I'm fucking 24 buying a science fiction book. There is literal porn in that store. And here I am looking at the Necronomicon... (laughs) And it's like, right, okay, you know. I just, I don't know. But, anyway, so, point being point, I ended up buying the book. It's sitting there to be read. Yeah. What do you So, think? essentially, you... If you don't agree with what your store is selling, don't work there. No. If you have a problem with what people are buying or what people are into, don't sell that media. Don't have that position and I understand that people are going to be all about oh but people need jobs people need to pay bills I completely understand I'm one of those people but don't be judgmental about it if that's the product you sell it's not porn even if it was I'm not going to be judged on it no it was a fucking science fiction novel it is and essentially if anyone has seen the series or is preparing to see the series the scene on the cover of the actual thing is the part where he's being zipped out for the yeah, first time. Yeah, at the very beginning. What he is, he's just a... In his sleeve. He's in a sleeve. Like a, a skin sleeve. He's essentially just data that's been uploaded into like a you oh, know, yeah. sleeve. So it, it's, it's, it's definitely sci-fi and it's good, but we don't want to spoil it. No. Um, moving on to things we don't want to spoil. We haven't watched this yet, but the first reviews for Ready Player One are hitting the internet. I saw this this morning and I thought I would include this for Sir because you and I are going to have it. We've been discussing this yes, we have. since we've heard the movie coming out. But first reviews of Ready Player One, um, they've been debuted at South by Southwest and they hit the internet overnight. And Hollywood reporter writer John DeFore has said that the book got the movie it deserves. Last I checked this morning, I want to say 10, 11 o'clock when I was waiting for my bus, the Rotten Tomato meter hasn't um, been activated yet. 
so yeah i'll just quickly check now to double check um you know oh so now it's got a 76 percent rating over 21 reviews and the tomato meter is 76 which obviously makes sense and that's across all critics 98 percent of viewers want to see it and 9,000 7,190 people have said they want to see it. So. And see, the key thing that it has happened in it, it's like even from the trailer, I can see that they've taken the 80s and they've merged the 80s retro yep. with the modern now. And they've combined it. and They should have just kept it to what it was. Yeah. They do an 80s throwback. And I mean, I, I understand and why all the, the licensing and everything gets crazy. And you've got to mm. pay licensing for this, licensing for that. Like. That's what it was. If you're not prepared to put the money into something to reflect what it's about and have the culture, yeah. the 80s pop culture, don't fucking do it. You're not going to have a Call of Duty game. And be like, oh, you know, we can't be bothered playing the techno dubstep music in the nightclub map. Don't fucking... No. You know? But um, apparently I've just gone into the stats. The average rating is six... Bite your nails one more time. I swear to God. Like I said last time, i got to throw it in <laughs> once every single time. The average rating is 6.1 out of 10. The reviews in total is 21. 16 people have given it a fresh and 5 have given it a rotten. So 6.1 out of 10. Yeah. So essentially a lot of people who've read the book said the book is just, you know, it's it's easy writing. While the movie is visually whimsical with its design and neon colours, the weakness of the source material still pokes out. Ooh, that wasn't a good review. I should have read it in front of you. The cultural references crammed in everywhere should have given the movie heart, but instead they felt like contractual obligations. So it's just... Sorry, this is me deliberately picking the negative ones just because I just want to see what people didn't like about it. Um, is there another one here? The cinematic equivalent of a pop culture mashup tea. I'm sorry, did you not read the book? And it's just... Like, even here, what they've said, um, you know, when they're trying to like you know solve the first challenge, you know, I'm not going to say what it is because it will... Spoiled, but... These are people who didn't like the book. Let's just close that. Yeah. They're people who are like, oh, the book was weak, but I don't know. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. It's going to be one of those things. You either enjoyed the book or we you didn't. enjoyed the movie. I can straight away see what they've done here. Yeah. And it's exactly what we discussed. Yeah. A few weeks ago. We said exactly what they were going to do, roughly. And now that's it. Oh, well. So, I'm not a film critic. I haven't seen it yet. We are going to see it. I think it comes out, is it the 29th? Yep, 29th of March. So we're going to see it the first week of April, aren't we? Yeah. Because um, I don't think, because you've got the day off on Good Friday. But I don't know if movie centres are open on Good Friday. They will be. Because yeah. if they are, we'll go, not, not this Friday coming. Um, it's in like two weeks, two yeah. weeks, right? Yeah, we'll go see it. And we can go, um, depending on, yeah, yeah and how everyone is um, and shit. Yeah, because... Uh, Cut off reading, because reading's cheaper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the thing. How long till readings becomes like Hoyt's? Look, if I had have known how cheap readings was, I would have just made the trek up to the nearest reading. Yeah. The whole time. But 
when we go the next time, if slash when we go, I want to get a membership card. I yeah. don't know what the... Do they even have? They'd have to have um, a membership card though, wouldn't they? They would. Probably online yeah. somewhere. Because Hoyts is getting ridiculous. I mean, I remember when I was young. But the thing is... Five bucks we, a ticket. The, the tickets that we went and we got to see Winchester, that would have been one ticket. One ticket at of Hoyts. Hoyts. So with the money it cost us to buy two tickets, popcorn... That's a ticket and a half that's, of Hoyts. Yeah, literally. It's just... Uh, and the popcorn was better. It's called the Real Club. Real spelled R-double-E-L. Simply pick up a... F- pick up a red club card from any location and activate it online below. Cool. It doesn't say you have to pay for it. Well, it doesn't say... It didn't say what the prices are, but if anyone knows, be sure to let me know. But next time we go, I'm going to go have a look. The You get 50 points... Uh, you get 50 points and a voucher $5 when you have 50 points you get a $5 voucher off your next movie when you get 100 points you get $5 off why would that be the exact same thing $5 off so the 50 points and the 100 points are the exact same thing you get a $5 voucher off at 150 points you get a free medium drink 200 you get $5 off your next movie 250 you get a medium popcorn 300 five bucks off your next movie a free chalk top at fifty three fifty four hundred is so it just builds you up I guess so that way you can have and then at five hundred points you get a free movie mm. but I wonder what the okay. points to dollar ratio is it doesn't say here in the terms you get a every fifty point level you receive an award based on the schedule above and oh it's one point per dollar spent on eligible items mm. there you go. But what are your eligible items? Got to get a separate one. Sorry, this is just me reading. And you have to be 13 years and over. Da, da. Sorry, I can't see how much it costs if you want to be inducted into the program. Oh, well, I'm sure she'll tell us when we get there, if we go and whatever. But yeah, so that is that um, mm. on that front. But if anyone knows, please be sure to let me know. Let us know. It'd be good to know. Blah, 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 blah. Um, What else have we got here? Okay. Um, This story I wanted to talk about because I think it's important to bring awareness. You don't know what the story is yet. I had a friend yesterday at uni who spoke about it. Um, We don't normally cover things like this because I don't want people to think we're cashing in on drama that's happening. Like, I'll talk about video games. I'll talk about movies. I'll talk about some political shit. But when you're going to bring, especially innocent kids, into it, I don't feel good doing that. So even though you can Google it and you can find this information widespread across the net and, you know, I I have 100% right to talk about it and say the name. I'm not going to do it. I'm not disclosing that because that's not what we're about. No. Um, and all that thing. But basically, the reason why I'm bringing this up is not for... Not that, I want ratings or anything like that, but I just feel like I have to make that disclaimer. It's just awareness. But this is just an awareness thing because I think the story is absolutely completely horrible and it's just horrifying. So um, there's a little girl in WA, I'm not going to say which city or anything like that, and she's now in a vegetative state because she got electrocuted by turning on her outside garden tap. It's being blamed on old pipes, wiring and corrosion because they live in older government housing. Um, The mother got shocked a few weeks prior and she called the Sparky and she let 
their equivalent of the landlord know. And they gave it the all clear and were like, nah, sorry, don't know what happened. Probably static electricity. Everything's fine. And then she went outside, this little girl, and she it was a hot day. She turned on the tap to play around in the sprinklers, one story article said. And she got electrocuted. And her mother found her in a body of, like, the puddle of water. And she was just sitting, obviously, just lying in it. And this poor little angel is 11 years old. And all they have offered her so far is new accommodation. If her mother wants to move her into a new house. If they don't want to live in that house or that accommodation anymore. So I fucking hope that the state is fucking paying for her medical bills. And will pay for her medical bills, whatever this little girl needs, the rest of her life. Because this is absolutely disgusting and it never, ever should have gotten to this. And you know the really unfortunate thing? Um, There's a chance that if she's taken off life support, she won't survive. So basically... That's at eleven years old. That's the call. Her life hasn't even started yet. It's and it's over. Essentially, it's over. I probably shouldn't have even said the gender of the child, so I apologise. Yeah. Um, I didn't think of that till right this fucking second because I'm yeah. an idiot. But like I said, so essentially, this never should have happened. What could happen? Um, is if the wiring is done. I mean, if it was connected to the mains instead of the earth, far out. You've. But that's the discussion I had with my friends at uni, and I was. I, that's what I said. I said, "So was the house not earthed?" Yeah. And they've gone, "No, the house was earthed, but the water lines and the power lines ran together." Yeah, it's weird. It's weird and absolutely stupid. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what else happens now. But when you actually think about it could happen to anyone but the bit that shits me up the fucking more is the fact that the mother reported it and she did everything she could and this poor little baby now has life altering effects because someone didn't do their job properly yeah so yeah because if you get any form of you know, dimming lights, flashing power, mold, switch everything off. Switch everything off, and you know, call in a tech to get a check because the last thing you want to do is fry yourself and fry. And don't you know? Don't understand do accidentally going to, you know, thinking about sticking a knife in the toaster and being like, oh, oops, bad move. Yeah. Or oh, like I've touched shit while shit's on, like the oven, because our. Fan force button one day just wasn't there and we didn't touch anything. And literally the oven was off. That's the scary thing. Mm -hmm. And the wiring had come exposed, like it had poked out through the hole. And literally, I swear to you, the gas wasn't even on. The power wasn't even on. And all I was wearing... Was I wearing a... No, I was using the the silicon tongs. And all I did was, was pick up the wire... To move it back, to push it back into the hole, and it sparked. Yeah. Like, I didn't get shocked, but the wire sparked, yeah. even though the stupid oven was off. So, stupid shit can happen all the time, and I don't want to be one of those people that's like, hypervigilance, and everyone needs to live in cotton wool. But, the scary shit can happen. Oh, yes. So, and yeah. Hmm. Moving on to our normal scheduled programming. 
I have our first science thingy of the day. I didn't understand this when I first saw the article pop up on Nature. So I was a little bit confused as to what's going on. But let me break it down. So AI researchers are using Bitcoin technology to share their medical data. And the University of Cali, um, a ton of occupational biologists, they're building a system that allows people to share their medical data with researchers easily, securely, and still retain control over their information. Um, this method is based on the blockchain technology that underlies Bitcoin. And they're hoping to share, obviously, medical scans, hospital records, genetic data, and that this is all going to make the system more efficient. And they're hoping to train the AI algorithms on the data using the blockchain systems to maybe one day hope in diagnoses. And look on the bright side, that increases security as well, because if you could because it's a blockchain yeah have if to, you can access your data you have to actually yeah. give someone so essentially to hack one block you have to unlock all of them you have to individually and independently target all the other blocks that link to that particular block mm. so you're essentially increasing the security of that data yeah so but i think it'll be great too because I don't want to say that everyone should have to carry their medical history with them, but touch wood, should you get in a situation where... Or even if you're like, oh, um, I need to go to the optometrist, but my optometrist hasn't faxed me or emailed me my prescription yet. And no. then you just go straight online and your optom- your um, the glasses people are able to be like, yeah, no worries, Steph. Here's your, you know, here's your prescription. I've got it right here. Blah, blah, blah. To make it more seamless, that'd be a lot nicer. And there was also this app... Um, MedAdvisor yep. that I think a lot of people should look at I know that there are a ton of alternatives out there but basically if you have grandparents or if you have to take daily medication or you want to keep track of your scripts or prescriptions there's this, these apps that can set reminders for you if you don't already subscribe to that service through your chemist or your pharmacy and they tell you how many you have left um what pill you should be up to if yeah. you're into that. So it seems to keep yeah. track so you don't have to worry about forgetting yeah. what you're up to. So I just thought to, I'd throw that in there. That's all. But also continuing on, on well, this is a bit more of a malware route. Haha, <laughs> get it? Route. <laughs> um, the title of this segment is Malware Attacks Through Routers. So Kapersky Lab researchers have discovered another malware. Surprise, surprise, that is their job after all. Mm-hmm. This one is called a slingshot, and this code spies on PCs. I would like to emphasize the word PCs through a multi-layer attack that targets microtic routers. So them specifically, it replaces a library file with malicious versions, and then that causes other malicious components to be downloaded off the internet because it's doing it in the background of your computer, and you may not be aware. Blah blah blah. And then this will learn, launch a two-pronged attack on your computer. It runs a low-level code that keeps that lets the hacker get into your storage, sometimes without you knowing, and managing the file system. So that way you can't delete anything to try and fix the problem. So that way they can keep the malware alive. It can take keyboard strokes, network traffic, passwords, and those pesky screenshots that you may be saving for evidence later on. And see, the other thing is... This is interesting because, you know, the fact that they think 
that... Five Eyes is involved. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> you know, sophistication leads to state agency kind of, you know, production. And I just don't understand why I had never heard... Of that router before. Okay. you got to start small. To th- yeah. think, to think big, you got to think small. Think small, then think big. But the thing is, if you start small, if you can monitor at the router and then the files... You just can control everything on a home account. You know how people use VPNs and then they... Scramble. So essentially, if you can track the people at the source... Nothing is anonymous anymore. Nothing. You, you take away complete anonymity you can get people at the source and then you can shut in down in real time you can shut down everything everything that would be a good program in terms of parental control if you at any point just wanted to be like oh i'm at work my kids are at home on holidays what shit are they doing and to be able to see not in terms of like a perv or um what's the word i'm looking for to like helicopter parent but to be like um you should be studying switch but you think about it. Normally, people would take down a server or something with a DDoS. Yeah, but to target one specifically, yeah, and one one PC specifically. Imagine that going through NORAD or the A's, like you know computers at ASIO. Imagine. I like, don't think that they would have normal OS though. No. I'd like to think that they have Linux technology based. that's ten years ahead of what's on. Public well, domain. It, it'd probably be Linux based, and I mean, because they're all coding. Yeah, that's the thing it. about that's why you don't find viruses for Linux systems because you get a hacker goes, "Oh, I've written a virus. You've just written it to them. You know, you're hacking a Linux Yourself. based system. You're hacking a hacker, and hackers don't like being hacked, so they will literally riot in the streets. Riot in the streets, you know." Kilobits for everyone, you know. Talking about riding in the streets, um, again, another story, not going to name names because it's not our place, but a nerve agent that was used to poison a former Russian spy and his daughter in the UK has indeed been developed in Moscow. The nerve agent is called Novichok, which translated to English means newcomer. Um, This group of agents, it's classified as a family of agents. Um, they've been in development since the 1980s. So, yeah, this is like Cold War era shit. Yep. Back when the USSR wanted to stockpile um, Novichok or other agents without other people um, knowing. Without, cause they put it in fertilizer bags, allegedly. Yeah. Um, so... And essentially, you know, if this has been stockpiled and then it's unleashed, and because it's um, surface exposure and it's also quantity-based... It's not even that. It's supposed to be undetectable according to NATO standards. That's why it's so dangerous. Yeah. So um, it's dimethylheptylpyrin. Yay! Um, Gotta love methyl groups. They've... What is it? It's blood, blister, nerve. There are... It's like... G agent. What's a G agent and what's a V agent? Because um. it's got taboon in here, sarin, somal, oh, cyclosarin, um, EA3148. What the hell is EA1... What are you? 
Mm. So basically, dealing with um, organophosphates. Acetylcholinesterase? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, game on. Shit. Yeah, so um, it's, it's not good. Shit. Do you know what happens then? You literally cannot breathe. No. Your, your diaphragm will not be able to breathe no. and generate negative pressure for air to come in your lungs because your muscles work on acetylcholine. And um, I mean, like you look at the G-series for the nerve agents. Um, what is G-series? What does that mean? They're basically um, volatile liquids. But why is it G? What does the G designate? I'm I'm telling you, like, I'm not trying to be rude, I'm not trying to be suggestive, but the fact is, I already have a degree in this shit, and I major in neuroscience, right? So, I'm looking at this shit, and I'm terrified, like, I know what these drugs do, I know what these block. oh, so V means it's genera- second generation, G signals generation one. It's just... So, yeah, essentially Tabin, which is a GA, Sarin, which is a GB, Somin, which is a GD, and uh, Cyclosarin, GF, they're the most, or amongst the most toxic chemical warfare agents known to man. And basically, they comprise the G-series, and um, thus named because German scientists were the first to synthesize them. So that's why they're G. the G-series. Um so, the GAs, so um, Tabin, were um, done in 1936. Uh, GB, which is sarin, was discovered in 1938, um, followed by Somin, which is a GD, um, in 1944. And then there was the uh, GF, which is a bit more obscure, and that's the cyclosarin, which is in 1949. Um, and essentially, the only other known nerve agent is OFLS to diisopropylaminoethyl um, methyl uh, methylphosphonothiolate VX so VX gas um, and yeah there's that that falls into the character or the cat, category of uh, nerve agents so you've got the VE series the V series so VE VG VM VX mm-hmm. so um, unfortunately it's the GB so sarin is the most volatile um, and the problem with it is it evaporates at the same rate as water. So you think about it's it. It's just a silver bullet. So what you do is you'd, you put it in a container, then you displace the container. or You, the, yeah. you, you, you displace the, the liquid in the container and it would just vaporize. So you and think you of that as, as an explosive. You ignite it, it vaporizes, and you've got, you know, once it's in a vapor form... It's easily inhaled. According to this table that I'm looking at, um, in top in terms of like list of chemical welfare agents, so it's looking at like riot control, incapacitation, pulmonary nettle, nerve blister, blood is the most lethal chemical agent pathway, and the worst one is cyanogen chloride. Oh, and chlor. Oh, yeah, that that's bad. That's really bad. I'm trying to look for Chlorine. what the um, lethal dose is. It's LD lethal dose, right? Yes. So, so in LD50. Well, you know, the certain ones for inhalation, inhalation exposures to, say, GB. So, um, Why sarin. Why can I not find it? Good old sarin gas. 
Um, you've got a 75 to 100 milligrams per minute dash M, well, slash. I just realised, um, again, this is our ASIO reference. I apologise, ASIO, um, that my yeah, computer history is going to be so... The lethal dose, right? The lethal dose is determined to be 0.7 parts per million, Michael. Yeah. 0.7 parts per million. That's 1.78 milligrams. Well, to give you an idea for dermal exposures for um, sarin... According to ToxicNet, what does CDC say? So the LD50 for the exposed population for dermal dosage Mm -hmm. is 1,700 milligrams. So 1.7 grams. 1.7 grams. You get 1.7 gram. Imagine what 100 grams of that would do. Imagine what a teaspoon would do. Imagine a 600 mil bottle being dispersed and vaporised. And that's what you see. Remember the sarin gas attack in the train station? Because it's enclosed, ventilated, it will spread. You know? Oh, jeez. So, yeah, it's... You know, it's, it's not very, very, you know... According to CDC, it is also 0.7 parts per million. Yeah, that's... In monkeys... Oh, shit, hold on, sorry. Let me just double-check this. Um, They've got a separate, an actual PDF document. This looks really old. From 1995. Where are you? Where are you? Are you PDF... Searchable? No, you are not. Dude, this is scary. It is. It can happen so easily. You know, if you, if there's some crazy person that wanted to do it, they would. Um, do not put water directly on the leak or spill area. Yeah. Why? Is that because it ionizes and then it's worse? Well, it's just going to spread. It's going to vaporize. You know, it's going to spread it more. Oh, here we go. So the LC50 in rats was 2,700 parts per million for three minutes. In monkeys, it was 2,200 parts per million for one minute. And in rabbits, it's 3,000 for seven. Animals acutely poisoned with cyanogen chloride show signs of cyanide poisoning, duh, pulmonary edema before death, which can occur in 40 seconds. Exposure to concentrations below one part per million, which is approximately 0.7 ppm, same thing, causes bending of the eyes, lacrimation. What the hell is lacrimation? Lacrimation. And hemorrhage. What's lacrimation, Stephanie? The flow of tears. Oh, that's a cool word. So basically it makes your eyes water. Yeah, you'd be burning. Your body would be burning. And you want to know also, um, sarin's a phosphoral halide. Yeah, it's a halide, which yeah. means that it's gonna. It's got a a fluorine, yeah, well, a phosphorus, it's more, and a fluoride. What's the word? Um, reactive. Yeah. So essentially, 
Um, but the other thing too is uh, because water and hydroxide um, are nucleophilic agents, um, at high pH, the sarin decomposes rapidly to non-toxic phosphonic acid. Yeah. The world is a scary place. It is. And, um, yeah, so little things like that. So sarin, yeah, let's like, you know, make it a, make it airborne. And then you've got ricin, which is, yeah, just silly, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we don't get blocked because of this, because this is some heavy shit. And sorry, this, yeah, sorry, Asia. Um, this, uh, this stuff, this rabbit hole goes very, very deep and wide. I'm so. just going to close that now. Let's just segue on to the next yeah, thing. Yeah, next, next thing. really scary. Yeah, that's some real Call of Duty shit right there. Um, okay, so NASA announced plans. You're going to like this. Guess which movie reference? Uh, to develop a nuclear-armed satellite that will be capable of shooting down large asteroids like the one that took out the dinosaurs. Um, everyone buckle up for this. Buckle yourselves. It's going to be called Hammer, like <laughs> MC Hammer. Hypervelocity Asteroid Mitigation Mission for Emergency Response. Do you know what annoys me? How they do not capitalise or include capital F for for or capital O for of. Yeah. Or capital T for the, that annoys me. But anyway, so basically NASA is going to present these plans at the Catastrophic Disruption in the Solar System Workshop in Kobe, Japan in May. Yay! Plus, they've got nuclear payloads on could the Could you warrant. imagine if when <laughs> they just hypothetical, could you imagine when they're launching the nuclear payloads on the satellites and they breach uh-huh. and the nuclear payload falls off and plummets back to Earth? Oh, yeah. Yay, we just cracked Earth. We found hollow Earth. Yay! What would that do? That would move Earth off its orbit, right? And then Um, we'd be dead. Something as big as that? Uh, Yeah, if if it... Say that it's carrying two, right? Yeah. Say it's carrying two. Um... And say that they break off and plummet back to Earth. It, 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 that's going to push... It would shift the planetary orbit. And isn't it if we go more than one degree over or under, life will not sustain on our planet? Like, we're literally the perfect... Yeah, we are a Goldilocks planet. So... Yeah, that would mess things up big time. These are the questions we should be asking... Yes. These are the things that scare me. Goldilocks. As if you just put a nuclear payload. But I thought nuclear weapons didn't work in space anyway because of something. Well, there's no oxygen. Because you need to have ignition. Yeah. So what, are they going to put the canister with oxygen in there? Maybe. Or supply it with oxygen and be like, ignition, launch. Imagine that, liquid nitrogen. But what's the maintenance on that going to be? And what happens if we have in... Remember that... Um, it's not ghosts. Was it ghosts? Yes, it was ghosts. Where they had the internet... Not an international space station, but it was like the international space station. And then there was mutiny. Mm-hmm. And then everyone died. And then the iron rods plummeted to Earth. And then LA got thrown up to shit. Yeah, that. Yeah, we don't want that. Okay, so anyway... On to the next one, also keeping it space. Our Lord and Saviour, Neil deGrasse Tyson, has made a statement Yay. about... 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 
flat earthers saying that the current education system is to blame and they have failed to teach critical analysis to students. His exact words were, our system needs to train you not... Um, sorry, let's try this again. Our system needs to train you not only what to know, but how to think about information, knowledge and evidence. If we don't have that kind of training, you'd run around believing anything. And see, that's exactly what... Pseudoscience! Pseudoscience for the win. But that's the reason why, you know, so they want it. So switch on the light and close that window. They, they want they it like that. So you think about it. If you've got a dumb populace, you can pretty much do whatever you want, right? Yeah. You can tell them to do jump, you know, tell, tell them to jump, they say how high. That's pretty much it. So, you know... As we know, it's going to go to dum-dums. Would you like a chocolate Easter egg, sir? Oh, yeah, sure. My mum, I want to say two weeks ago, was like, oh, I know you'll be studying. And um, I'm going to see my birthday is the weekend after um, normal Easter. But Orthodox Easter is the weekend of my birthday. So double chocolate for me. But she did give us some chocolate. She was like, yeah, I know Michael likes some. But, yeah... Society is just shit. Yeah, it's like flat Earth. I mean, that. And would... do you know what? Sorry, you continue. No, I say flat Earth is just shit. I mean, if I know anything from the disc world, I mean, <laughs> we're supposed to be on the back of a you know, turtle. A turtle, you know. Well, actually, we're being supported by elephants. You know, Great Ashwin. But you know, on the back of a turtle. I don't see what? Rincewind complaining about all this shit. So, uh, it's just. More the fact that eating chocolate, if anyone else likes chocolate, give us a thumbs up. And, um, Do you know what annoys me? When people num, num, num. say, oh, like, not to name names or anything, but the pe- you know who I'm talking yes, about I'm when here. I say this. Yes. But when people are doing these conspiracy or murder mystery or unsolved mm-hmm. murder or missing people cases, and then they're like... Oh, I researched this. Yeah. And I'm like, you and I have very different definitions. Of research. Of research. Essentially, what they did was delve and they gleaned. Delved and gleaned. But getting your information from news.com or a pre-prepared timeline on Wikipedia is completely different to saying... Like, I'm not saying what, what I do is, you know, I'm not saying what I do is medical journalism, but if I have to write an essay about, like, the one I have to write now is the, um, what's that word? Electrophoretic techniques to diagnose mitochondria um, complex um, mutations and stuff, and to give examples... I need to find first, what's that word I'm looking for, first, first order research articles, primary, primary, not primary research articles, yeah, so you want primary, uh, you can kind of get away with secondary, take one more because I'm putting these away, tertiary, not so much, so essentially, if you're what is a tertiary, tertiary is a textbook, Okay, that's so. Primary is a. Primary is a journal, an actual research article where they're like, "Oh yeah, I've done this experiment. This is it. This is how it fits yeah. within the literature and what's happening today." Secondary is, correct me if I'm wrong, a review. Yep. 
um, or metadata. metadata. Metadata analysis. But you also have um, letters to the editor, which falls under secondary. Primary. No, because sometimes, sometimes depends. Unless on they've you. done the experiment and they're like, yeah. oh, um, we haven't finished this yet, but this disproves what you just, you know, uh, published a week ago. Uh-huh, which is what that, I did. That you're smart, okay? You're the machine, and you're smart. No, no. Everyone's always like, oh, I don't know anyone who's published. And I'm like, I know people... What journal were you published in? Um, well, at this stage... Just for shits and giggles. Actually, I'm not going to say, because then people find out what your real name is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so... But you, you're published. Yeah, I'm and published. And I tell people all the time, and I'm like, I know someone who's published. Yeah. Like, Ooh. And there's going to be more. So, um... Well, you'd hope so. Yeah, but the thing after is... After all those years in tertiary education. Oh, uh, no, right. But the thing is... Um... Yeah. Uh, uh... But to segue this, I used a primary journal article. Excellent. Did you use this. EndNote? Um... No, I just copied the the URL that has the... Are they DOI? At PLOS? Yeah, they the DOI at PLOS, aren't they? The PubMed ID there. But the DOI... Just put that website in there for you. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, PubMed IDs for the win. Um, if you're not quoting PubMed IDs... Look, if, unless you got that PubMed ID for me, or the DOI, I don't want to talk. No, it's... Anything else is purely conjecture. If there's... Don't get me wrong. Journal articles, you still generate conjecture. But I'm going to be more inclined to listen to, what, to what you have to what say. What a peer review person is. Yes, this is peer review. So... Um, if you're telling me the world is flat, I want to see the data. I want to see the experiments. I want to see your hypothesis. Look, I tell you what. I want to see your method. Unless, you know? unless Morgan Freeman, right, admits that he's David Attenborough in disguise. Yeah. Right, and lets everyone know that he is God and comes out with it. I don't believe. Unless he comes out and says, no, I decided to, you know, set up a hologram and make you all believe it was round. Yep. That it was spherical. I ain't going to believe shit. No. But if I wake up tomorrow morning and he comes out, Morgan Freeman comes out and says, I'm David Attenborough in my free time and I deem the world flat... That's it. I so understand. You do realise that Morgan Freeman is also Charles Darwin. Evolution of the species is essentially written by Morgan Freeman. No, no. So essentially, from here forth, you know. Morgan Freeman. Is Morgan Freeman. And you know who does his bidding? Keanu Reeves. No, Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, no, no. No one would think. See, because look how nice Keanu Reeves is to everyone. <laughs> he flies under the radar, but Neil... Neil tell, De- that, tell that to John Wick. John Wick. But Neil deGrasse Tyson is the chosen one. Morgan Freeman holds the keys, essentially. Yeah. And then, basically, John Wick takes out the non-believers. So all those flat earthers. Now, <laughs> we have proven this. The reason why we know the earth is not flat is because of, you know, felines, tigers, lions, 
cats. They'd fall off. They'd was, knock everything they'd off. They'd knock everything off it. There would be nothing on it. They would push everything the fuck off. Can I you just know? say, we yes. lucked out really good with our floofs. Yeah. Because I don't think I've ever seen them knock anything besides their toys, like if they're playing around. Now, just in case you're wondering, bunnies don't do much. However, there's a Star Destroyer that I built... Which is now smashed. Okay. Because one Can of them jumped on it. We provide some context for this story. Okay, so, so I put it I'm on. So I'm going to tell this story because you're not going to tell it in a chronological order. Okay, you have to start with so once upon a time. So sit down and bask. Like, yeah, once everyone sit down and listen. Once upon a time, in a galaxy far, not so far, far away. away. So far away. Michael that was decided that he, Full Metal Chicken, decided that he was going to start a YouTube channel where he speed built both Lego and alternative. Um, versions yep. and reviewed them on the internet and one day he decided to get the biggest kit he could possibly purchase at that point in time and that was a Star Destroyer and I'm looking up and it's still there in its pieces because I'm still waiting on some he built it three quarters and he decided to leave it in the main thoroughfare of the TV room and he decided it the same afternoon to let Daenerys and Artemis out, and this is before he moved it, on their picnic blanket in the TV room so we could observe them. Yes. To, you know, you have to parental um, supervision. Yep. I, to this day, have never seen Daenerys binky so hard or so far in her life. We're talking... She's a rebel at heart. Yeah. We're talking probably what? About three quarters of a meter in the air. She, not through her. She rabbits binky when they're happy. Oh, she binkied. She, it's like that little jump they do, and it's like a sidekick. It's really, really cute. B right? for bounce. B for B grade fucking TNT bomb that she just yeah. blasted on. The her bunny chin. went up. She went up. And, and the Star Destroyer came down. It went down, down. And then she, she down. literally just sat in it. She was she was the Death Star. She she was in the Death Star. She sat on it and she was like, I don't see a problem with this. I think she may have dropped a few of her own she tr- bombs. She tried to drive it. She actually went forwards and then backwards. She, she pooped tri- on it twice. She pooped on it, so it was then, a really shit superstar. And destroyer. you're looking at me like you were you were just dumbfounded. We heard the bang. You didn't know what happened, so you looked it up. And you saw her, and you just saw what happened, and it took you 40 seconds to process. All I did was look back at her, look back at you, and then I literally had to run to the toilet, because I was seconds away from maturationing all over myself. And to this day, half of the bits that were salvageable are put up in one shelf, and the other bits that are not so salvageable are put up on another shelf. So, it is essentially... And since then, you've never built Lego again. <laughs> yeah, it was enough demoralisation to kind of... So, yeah, so my particular channel at the moment has stalled. Uh, you should get back into it. I probably should, but... Um, Start tomorrow. Maybe. I'll clean my shit off the table. Nah, it's fine. I'll set up to separate. i got folding tables. Yeah, three of them. <laughs> Alright, so, getting back into it. Sorry for the detour, everyone. We were talking about the PubMed IDs. Uh, the PubMed ID is there for you, sir, so you can find it. Oh, it's 10.1371 forward slash journal dot ppat 
168.98 in case you're interested. Oh, yeah. So for everyone else, a group of researchers um, have used... We talked about CRISPR last yes, week. Yes, we did. CRISPR-Cas9 mediated technology. And it's basically where you can um, alter DNA at the gene level. Like you can alter um, genes at the DNA level, I should say. Yes. Um, but what they did was they made a knockout. So that means that they completely deleted one specific gene. In mosquitoes, and this gene was called FREP1 or FREP1, and they used this gene to suppress. Well, this gene um, knockout is supposed to suppress malaria parasite infection, according to them. So, adult mosquitoes showed a profound suppression of infection on both human and rodent malaria parasites at the oocytes and spirozoite stages. So, this is obviously. Um, pre-embryonic stuff, I think. That's what an oocyte is. It's an ovum. Yep. Um, so that was what they had in their abstract. And then when I actually looked into their results, they said that at the high le- high infection level, the prevalence was 68.8% in the knockouts. And you think, oh my God, that's still high. No. In the control wild type mosquitoes where they weren't knockouts where they didn't alter or delete the gene it was 97.5 and the infection prevalence showed a 2.1 fold decrease from 81.3 in the wild type undeleted knockouts oh, sorry in the wild type non-knockout variety compared to the 39 point 38.9% of the knockouts at a low infection level and in case anyone's like oh my god it's due to chance um, the chi-square chance thing, the p-value here was p is less than 0.0001. Yeah. So that's about as low as you can get, the chi-square um, calculation. But the off the caveat here is that the gene knockout resulted in decreased fitness for the mosquito, so it significantly lowered their blood feeding the egg, egg ratching, egg ratch. Oh my god! <laughs> egg hatching rate. So they had a slower pupation time, and they also had reduced longevity following a blood meal. Yeah, and the funny thing is, with retarded larval um, development, that means that essentially, like similar to flies, how flies have instars with the um, yeah. regarding to larval development, you have a third, like one, two, three, and then pupa. So that means it's so. an important transcription factor for body plan uh-huh. development or something exactly. like that, right? And by the fact that it's cutting. You know, essentially just kind of going, okay, well, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it makes sense for the mosquito to... Um, the mosquito for the malaria um, the, the agent. Yeah, that's the word, sorry. I almost said planetarium before you corrected me because then I was like, oh my God, that's incorrect. It would make sense for it to want to um, attach to a gene that is imperative in the mosquito. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That is important for it because that's... Um, I don't want to use the word symbiotic, but it would make sense. Yeah, it's basically uh, an antagonist. Oh, sorry, yeah. agonist. It's an agonist. But it would make sense, wouldn't it, for it to um, go for a, like to go for a gene that they know it's always going to have. It's going to be highly conserved. Do you know what I mean? And important for the development of the mosquito. Yeah, it's very interesting, and I um, mean, you can then look into things like Ross River as well. So, well, uh, Ross River is caused by malaria. Yeah. So it's it's very very bad. Um, yeah, you're just looking at the data now, aren't you? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you do that. I'll continue I'm just on. At the data. Sorry, <laughs> it's just data everywhere. I'm like, 
I understand this. It's crazy. Like, you know, for instance, GRNA expression template. Can I say, um, yesterday was public holiday, which meant that the public transport was shit. Bank loves money. money. And the, no, it was Labor Day. So it's a different, it was celebration of the eight hour day. So I decided that I would stay at uni for an extra hour because I totally forgot, but CSL Limited had a, um, the director of their antibodies, um, what's his name? My book here? No, that's not Biomet. You had lots of notes. Um, I can't remember what it, Con Panatopoulos, Panopoulos, Panopoulos or something like that. Um, but he's the guy who does all the antibody shit for CSL. Yep. And I was just listening to him talk for, it might have been like 50 minutes, and he's talking, and I'm like, oh my god, I know this. And he's like, two heavy chains, two light chains, and we can do this, and we can do that. And I learned stuff like there's chimeric. Yep. There's, that's when you fuse two, like, for example, rabbit and human to make an antibody. And see, then don't, just, don't correct me. No, no, I was then, just going to say, um, when people usually obtain, just in case people really like this part, when people obtain um, antibodies bodies. from a company... You can get different ones. They're either monoclonal or polyclonal. I was getting to that. Oh, sorry. Continue. I'll shut up. But, you know. <laughs> but then there's non-human. So synthetic. No. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. Hold on. Let me think. There's chimeric, non-humanized, uh-huh. and then humanized. But they tend to not use chimeric and non-humanized. Because in 2006, they were in, like, I think, phase two. Bite your nail one more time, I it's swear. It's not, I'm just... They, they used it in a clinical trial. Like they were in the middle of a clinical trial. And the antibody they used generated cytokine storm uh-uh. in the like in the patients. And the majority of them, I think they were... I have to double-check the paper. It's still there because I wanted to print it and read it because he referenced it. But they had organ failure for 6 to 12 days. Yeah. Just so you know, cytokines. And then they put them in a public yeah. hospital. This wasn't CSL. Um, <laughs> this was some other. Uh, was it Monsanto? You know what? I, it's on my phone, but I'm using my phone. Um, cytokine storm antibody 2006. Yeah, cytokine storms. So basically... Just, oh, it was phase one. My bad. Continue. And, sorry, just to give someone... I'll give you... All yep. the people's listening, what a cytokine storm is, it's essentially just overproduction of your immune cells. And then when you get a pro- overproduction or just even general production of immune cells, um, the no, activation compounds... Sorry, because it's the activating cytokine compounds, cytokines. is what is released yes. to generate inflammation. So yes. that way, pro-healing factors... Yeah such as your white blood cells can be attracted to the area. Yes. But if you are releasing cytokines in, and chemokines in that amount and you're super and agonizing your immune system. Yeah. Like basically your body decides that everything it comes into contact with is damaged and your body literally starts liquefying and attacking itself. And your body starts digesting you from the inside out. Yeah. And the interesting thing is um the cytokine storms... Oh, pro- I've got it for you here. Let me just add it to our notes. ...are most prominently found with the monoclonal antibody drugs. 
Um, yeah. And also T cell um, therapies. It's right there for you, sir. Um, I just added it in. Mm. But it was from Sun, Thera, Lingham, and Co. Where are they from? So it was anti CD28 monoclonal of the IgG4 kappa subclass, and they're looking to expand T cells independently of the ligation of the T cell receptor. And essentially, all monoclonal antibodies are just antibodies. Well, the thing is, it did what they wanted it to do. Exactly, and it, they're derived from identical immune cells. And essentially, this means they're clones of a, a parent cell. All six patients who received the drug trial were male with a median age of 29.5, ranging from 19 to 34. None had a notable medical history. All were clinically well during the two weeks before the study. Um, beginning at 8am on day one, each volunteer received an intravenous infusion, 10 minutes apart of either the study drug or the placebo. Each infused lasted, infusion lasted three to six minutes. Six volunteers of the treatment group each received 0.1 milligrams per kilogram of TGN 1412 per body weight, infused at a rate of 2 milligrams per minute, and the remaining two volunteers received a similar volume of saline. And then adverse effects began in the treatment group directly after infusion, starting with the onset of severe headache in the five patients after a median of 60 minutes, so ranging from 50 to 90. And they had lumbar myaglia in all patients in 77 minutes. And then they were restless with varying degrees of nausea, vomiting, bowel urgency, and diarrhea. And then it just literally went downhill from there. Um, their heart rates went up to 145 beats per minute. 280 minutes after transfusion their body temperatures went to 40 degrees after 280 minutes and at 300 minutes they started like this their bodies started showing signs of respiratory failure and their oxygen partial pressure dropped that's not good if it's a 52 mil here um fuck one patient, patient six, became hypertensive. So 65 over 40 millimetres of mercury 12 hours afterwards, and he had a metabolic acidosis, marked respiratory distress, hypoxemia, and he good. underwent intubation and mechanical ventilation and was admitted to intensive care at Northwick Park and St Mark's Hospital. So that's our location. Where is this? This has to be somewhere in the US or UK. Want to play spits? I'm going to say the UK. UK. Woo! Winning again. Far out. That's insane. Wow. So yeah. Um, that's what I learned yesterday. Yep. Yeah, pain and suffering. Yep. Yeah. Alright, so last second last story for the day. Uh, this is a bit more genetic, again. A new study has found that each of the three distinct species of Hawaiian spider evolved from one species that arrived on Hawaii three million years ago. Everyone knows I have a soft 
spot for Hawaii. The rare case, this is a rare case of um, adaptive radiation. And these spiders are categorized based on their habitat. So brown ones live on rocks, golden ones live under leaves, and the white one live on moss and lichen. And um, they have the weirdest shaped abdomen that I have ever seen. It almost looks like a star or yeah. like a, a, a D20. Yeah. Except it's like four so- one. It's like a triangle on the side. And, it just um, looks really weird. It looks like a D5 or yeah. something like that. And there's 14 different species of the Aramni stick spiders. So uh, it yeah. takes pick-up sticks to a whole new level because I wouldn't be picking up any of these sticks. I don't know if it's venomous or anything like that, but just the colouring is intense. And they're... Abdu- like, it, just saying, in Australia, we learned growing up that if they have an elongated abdomen... The bigger the abdomen, the longer the abdomen, the rounder the abdomen, the less you fuck with it. Yeah. So I'm looking at this, and it's literally a triangle on its side. And I'm like, I would feel bad for my shoe. Yeah. For knocking it with my shoe. And also, you know the reason why they're shaped the way they are? Why? Is uh, they're basically uh, shifty little buggers, because what they do is they steal from other spiders. (laughs) So then what they do is they want the food, so they trap the other spiders to get the food, and then they take the food from them. Because they underwent similar selection pressures, and then they just kept evolving over and over again the same way. Yeah. Um, So um, talk about... Do you know what their genus is? Can you help a girl out? Of this one? Um, I'm pretty sure it'd be arachne. No, the genus species... Oh, okay. Silly Um, Based on a report, let's see what they say. I don't really like press releases from, you know, university institutions. But I'm hoping. That's literally, I opened up the Berkeley news page and look how big. That's like twice the size yeah. of a Facebook profile. Yeah, the genus is Ariamnes. Well, you didn't say that, you said Arachne. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's part of arachne, but it's around. That, that's not what I asked. Oh, my God. Let's just have a look here. Um, dude, it looks like a lizard. Wait, that's dragging a lizard. Yeah, it's a Jesus. Triangle. It looks ridiculous, doesn't it? Dude, it's dragging a lizard. Yeah. Is it dragging a lizard or is it a lizard? I can't tell. I think that it is. is creepy. Oh my god. Creepy lizards. Dead lizard. So, uh, yeah. Evolution for the win. <laughs> Repeated diversification of ecomorphs. I hate spiders. Yes, I do. Yeah, so. I hate the spiders. They can take a poo. Alright, so anyway, last story of the day. So this popped up on my Facebook when I woke up early this morning. So this 37 year old tryhard from Melbourne, he got his. I don't even know why, but this was special to him. It wasn't even like a fucking, you know, Aston Martin or anything half decent. But he has this 2000... He had, I should say, this 2013 Porsche SUV impounded after he went 60 k's over the limit in Albert Park. 
Whoops. He even filmed himself on his phone Whoops. going 100 in a 40 zone and he's lost his car for 30 days. He owned it for literally, I think it was 10 minutes. Let me double check the Herald Sun article, but I'm pretty sure he either owned it for less than 10 minutes or dead on 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes after purchasing it. He got his car impounded. Um, he's expected to be charged on summons with speeding and using a mobile phone while driving. Interesting fact, though. Back on the spiders. Did you know what the uh, fastest, well, one of the fastest spiders on the planet is? Roadback. Nope, the giant house spider. Looks <laughs> a house. You know what? I don't need to know. It was clocked at 1.73 feet per second or I approximately 0.53 meters per second. What's a house spider? The big black things we see running. Oh! Yeah, those things. Yeah. You it's know, a male... Yeah. Uh, that's a male redback. No. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. That's not a yeah. house spider. A house spider is separate. It was introduced to Australia and New Zealand and yeah. Japan. And it's basically, you know, you also get lunging predators like Karapops. Karapops. Yeah. Karapops. Yeah. It's native. Why would it be native here? I don't know. Stupid. Look, I don't understand why my mother's parents decided let's emigrate to Australia. Like, I know why they did it. Because but... of all the. I mean, everything here wants to kill you. No, I just don't understand. It's just crazy. I don't understand. Like, I have this. I, I don't know if friend is the right word, but I have this internet acquaintance. And he watches my YouTube, like my booktube stuff. And he reached out to me and we've just been talking about books and stuff. And he asked me where I lived. And so obviously I don't give that information out. But I was like, oh, I live in Australia. And he was like, oh, here you guys have big snakes and spiders. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you're not wrong, mate. You're not wrong there. And just, it's just crazy. It, it really is. They just pop up everywhere. And also, just another quick one. Uh, just in case anyone is aware and probably doesn't know this. Or they do, they probably should. Um, the fastest land animal is the cheetah. Yep, the cheetah has a land speed record of one hundred nine point four to one hundred twenty point seven kilometers per hour, which is approximately What's the most venomous. Yes, venomous is red. Yep, venomous. Um, is it the yellow belly black or the red belly black snake? Not a snake, spider. Oh, spider. Sorry. Um, the brown recluse. Oh, sounds fun. And then the peregrine falcon is the fastest bird at 389 kilometers per hour. And that's a diving speed. Oh, no, sorry, that's incorrect. That was number nine. Funnel web. Yep. Funnel webs are just nasty. I know someone who's bitten by one of them. Uh, Ended up in a coma. It's... It's shit. Like, seriously shit. They are scary motherfuckers. That's all I'm saying. Funnel web spiders. You have no choice but to deliver antivenom. Yeah, that's that's the only thing you do. They they will kill you. Um, Let's see what's in their venom. It's just. Uh, My moth. I remember when you squished the huntsman against the window. Oh. That was a big huntsman. Very, 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 very big. It's huge. It's 
go to atrotoxin, an iron channel inhibitor, um, toxic to humans, doesn't affect the nervous system. Typically, they deliver a full envenomation when they bite, but they strike repeatedly. Um, in severe cases where they've bitten you and injected venom, the time to onset is less than one hour. Yeah. Um, but a study found a median time of 28 minutes. And just a, a saying too regarding funnel webs, if you see a funnel web, don't kill it, capture it with a jar and take it to be milked. To be milked because but what, how, who do you hand that to? You basically, there's a poison hotline that you actually ring up and say, I've got a funnel web. And they're like, yes, yeah, thanks. You'd, you'd be able to take it to a All zoo. Right, so it's got delta, delta atrotoxin, that's what it's called, also known as robust toxin or robust to- toxin. It's a low molecular weight neurotoxic polypeptide. Fuck, if it's a peptide, you're fucked. Found in the venom of the funnel web, um, a potentially fatal neurotoxic symptoms. Inactivates the sodium ion channels in autonomic and motor neurons. Yeah. It exerts in its spiders, intended it's in insects. It also, I guess, because they're larger, they're smaller, like we're larger, but they can do this. They also blocks potassium and calcium ion channels. So if you're blocking the calcium ion channel, you're not going to be able to release yep. any neuron like neurotransmitters um, at all. So, but the other thing too is, is it's m- got a corbata region with cystic knot motif. And just in case there's people there who are arachnophobic and they do hate these spiders as much as you want to. Look, I hate them more as much as anyone yeah. else on the planet. But if someone's like, oh hey, um, we need to milk it to save yeah. lives, I wouldn't. Oh fuck, how would you do it? Like I don't even have a jar. Yeah. But the thing is, what you do is, um, you, you don't kill it because they kill cockroaches and flies and mosquitoes. So, massive, massive hard hitters in the ecosystem. So, um... Oh my God. I have the, the protein sequence here. Ooh. It's got... Um, it's stabilised by... I'm sorry. Let's just nerd out for two minutes. Okay? Time's starting now. The structure consists of a small triple-stranded beta sheet, stabilised by a disulfide knot, it's got a C-terminal extension with inverse Y-turns. Um, it's got two disulfide bonds that stabilise the disulfide knot. It's connected to a backbone on a third disulfide knot. It's got a... Where, what else? Uh, it's just topology stuff. Um, it's just insane. Wow. I like proteins. Protein. Proteins. Alright. I did. Oh my god. The Commonwealth Serum Labs in Melbourne. That's where you should call. There we go. Done. Um. Bum, bum, bum. Hmm. So, um. One dose of anti venom requires 70 milkings from a funnel web. Yeah, so they don't really mess around with it. Paired from the plasma of rabbits. I am not happy about this. Yeah. It takes 125 units of antivenom to standardise and neutralise 1.25 milligrams of the venom. Jeez. Also, on, on, on a happier note, 
um, regarding bunnies. The um, the largest bunny in the world um, was uh, Darius, um, and he's approximately one point three meters long Fire. and weighs in at twenty two point two kilos. Shit. Yeah, Darius is a very. He's not a rabbit. He's a hare. He's a continental giant rabbit. <laughs> Continental giant rabbit, and he holds a Guinness, you know, record. He holds record. a Guinness. Holds a Guinness. Jeez, he could hold about ten of them. It's just. Oh. Hey, isn't it? But his son Jeff may be larger. <laughs> we should get one of those. Where would you put it? You'd walk it down the street like a dog. Queen Daenerys. She'd flip. Would she flip or would she be like, this is the husband for me? This is the husband. <laughs> this is the Could husband. you imagine if he was scared of Daenerys? Oh, but just seeing that, I mean, imagine that sitting here like this, like, you know. Do you know, I've come to the conclusion that compared to other people, we really shelter our rabbits. Yeah, we where do. Where I'm worried about them jumping or you know, around from a couch to the floor yeah. of like less than 10 centimetres. Apparently that's pathetic. According to some people. Yeah. They just go mental, race around, go all over the place. So, yeah. Most crazy. But yeah. a friend just be like, oh, are the biomed notes tomorrow up on the, like, our online system? And I've gone, nope, but there's no biomed tomorrow, though. <laughs> 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 it's biochem for me tomorrow. Oh. So, she was uh, the one who told me about this um, electrocution story yesterday, I should say. Yeah. Alright, everyone. I think we've severely run over time. What are your plans for this week? Because it's... Is it St. Paddy's Day this weekend? Yeah. This Saturday. Victoria has to vote on sun, Saturday. Yep. And we've got statewide elections. I have no idea who I'm voting for. I'll probably just go Labour. Vote for Pedro. Because she's talking about students and decreasing rent. And she's talking about um, jobs and shit and health, something, something. Because the Greens lady scares me. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. But apart from that, just studying, I'd like to go. I know I said this last week, but I was like, oh, last week I was like, oh, I want to go watch Red Sparrow. Um, but too much study. And watch it sometime in the next week before I hear from you guys. Yeah. He, you guys hear from me the words. And I'm going to finish Artemis. He said, I'm oh, sorry, but this is our ninth episode. I'm and getting there. it's. Okay, how many more pages do you have? And also, have you been using Goodreads like you've been supposed to? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I've been using EndNote. Have you? Because my version. I have to down. I downloaded the site while you write, and every time I go to use it, I have to reinstall it because the plugin doesn't work with the update that the Microsoft put through. You know what I did? I didn't update. Well, I had to update. I didn't. Because mine's like through the uni, and they force you to update. Updating time. All right, everyone. That's where we shall leave you. Afternoon, yes. This evening, it's actually seven oh six. So I'm sorry that it's going to be up a little later than usual. Um, I came home from uni earlier than I anticipated, but I had to eat because I didn't have lunch today. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to have a shower before I eat. 
and then blah 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 and then we had a conversation we almost completely forgot to record today yeah it was close so um apologize that this will probably go up maybe an hour or so later than it normally does but i hope everyone has a fantastic week thank you so much for listening um as always if there are any questions you want us to answer for you any specific topics or discussions you want us to have uh, topics you want us to talk about discussions you want us to have please be sure to let us know as always contacts are in the episode notes um that's it from me that's me for me I'm, yeah. yep, 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 yep 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 and um we shall see you in the next one everyone yep yep may yep. the force be with you may the may the odds ever be in your favor yes. um let's see vulcan one may the f- um well, it's not may the force be with you I wasn't the one that said may the force be with you. You said it. Live long Long and and prosper. prosper. Let's give give these exams a Vulcan hello. Vulcan hello. Alright, bye-bye. Bye-bye.